The Seahawks post-game show is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking, call Beacon. Virginia Mason Franciscan Health, the Seahawks' official medical services provider. And Quantum Fiber, trusted fiber internet partner of the Seattle Seahawks. Once again, here's Michael Bumpus. Seahawks get it done 24-3 to on the East Coast as they defeat the New York Giants, improving to 3-1 on the year. Interesting game we had here, man. We had Phil Haynes go out with a calf injury. Jamal Adams made some plays early. He goes out with what we think is a concussion. You got Damian Lewis with an ankle, and then Geno tweaks his knee a little bit, goes to the card, goes inside to the locker room. Second half, he's out there ready to go. On the day, Geno was 13-20, of 20, 110 yards one touchdown. We saw a little bit of Drew Locke. He was two for six, had a big completion to Noah Fan for a 51-yard game. Ken Walker, 17 carries, 79 yards, one touchdown. You got DK Metcalf with the only passing touchdown of the day. Defensively, Bobby Wagner, the old man, still got some pep in his step. 17 tackles, two quarterback hits, two TFLs. Let's talk about these sacks that we have. Man, you got Bobby Wagner with two sacks, Jordan Brooks with two sacks, Devin Witherspoon with two sacks, Uchenna Nwosu with two, Miles Adams with two. You get a sack, you get a sack. Mario Edwards with another sack. That defense was on point today. The Hawks still struggled a little bit on third downs, third, three for 12, but when you play this way, you don't really need it. The New York Giants were six for 16. On the day, the Hawks totaled 12, excuse me, 11 sacks. One shy away from a franchise record. Lots of things to talk about when we get back. We're going to hear from Steve Rabel, Pete Carroll as he steps up to the podium, the players as they step up to the podium. Also, we're going to hear from Jim Mueller down in the locker room. The Seahawks get it done, man. Great day for the Hawks. Lots more to talk about. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bumpus. I'll be joined by Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. The Seahawks get it done on the East Coast 24-3. They are now 6-0 at MetLife Stadium. And uh, if my math is correct, they're raves. They're betting 1,000 over there. That sounds like 1,000 to me, Bump. And, and uh, they deserve this win. They, this defense was as, as stellar as the statistics make it out to be. Now, granted, again, we've, we've, we said it during the broadcast, this Giants offense is just not very good. But I don't think even with Saquon Barkley, remember we held him to 2.7 yards a carry, about 53 yards last season when we beat him at Lumen Field. So I think the Seahawks kind of have the Giants number whether Barkley is playing or not. But today, goodness gracious, this defense came fired out of a gun and everybody took their turns making plays. It felt like a, a giveaway today. You got three guys with multiple sacks. And, now, you know, I'm just going to focus on one guy right now, Devin Weatherspoon, right? That was the talk of the, the preseason. Why would they pick a DB over a guy like Jalen Carter? And the Seahawks say, look, we went with the best guy available on the draft board. He has gotten better and better every time he steps on the field. What did you see out of him today? Well, I, I saw what everybody else saw. I saw sacks for one. Uh, he was defending passes, although Jones was not terribly sharp uh, in his throwing. And the Giants don't have any real game breakers at the receiver spot, so it made it a little bit tougher for them. But still, uh, Witherspoon was everywhere. He was making plays, and he came up, and he's not that big a guy, Bump. And he, he's, he's so quick he could cover anybody on the field man-to-man, -man, and he comes up and takes on running backs and everybody else, mano a mano, and drops them like three yards in the backfield, gets a couple of sacks, I mean, and then turns around and picks one and goes 97 to the house. That's just an unbelievable performance by one guy, let alone a rookie who 
this time four weeks ago, we were wondering if he was going to be healthy enough to actually get in a game. By golly, we know he is now. Braves, when we started the season, we saw the bye week, week five, and a lot of us are like, man, that's too early. You would love it, love to have it right in the middle of the season. But now you got Phil Haynes who's out, Jamal Adams who was playing well before he's out, Damian Lewis, and then Geno has a, a knee injury, but he returns to the game. That bye week is looking pretty good right now. It really is. You know, I talked to John during the, well, of course, you were part of the pregame show. You know, I talked to John Schneider and and he said, you know what? You know, when you look at that, when the season before the season gets rolling, but when the schedule comes out, he said, you always look at it and say, oh, that's awful early. It's too soon. Or maybe that's a little bit too late. Everybody thought this one might be too early, but it's coming just at the right time. It's going to give the Seahawks a chance to heal up, and uh, and heaven knows they, they're going to need that. They've got a lot of guys, and especially up on that offensive front. Credit to Andy Dickerson and those offensive line coaches who had enough guys prepared, guys moved around. Evan Brown moved out of the center spot. He went over and played left guard, and Olu came in and played center. So these guys were prepared, plus you still got the two backup tackles out there. So hopefully after the bye, you're going to get your starting tackles back. Hopefully those guards will be healed up and we'll be back at some semblance of full strength heading to Cincinnati because it doesn't get any easier. Yeah, we got a break, but now we go on the road and play a team that is just dying for a victory. And so we need to go back there and the Seahawks are going to have to play equally well or even better, actually, against the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, Rabes, dominant performance by the Seattle Seahawks, 24 to 3. I'm going to need you to calm down on that plane on the ride home. Don't don't party too much, man. (laughs) I am worn out, buddy. I'm old as it is, and I'm I'm just I'm just tired. (laughs) All right. Get home safely to your bride, man. All right, Bump, thanks. All right, take care. That was Rabel, the voice of the Seahawks. When we return, we got lots more to do. We're going to get an excellent analysis from Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. Interview from the players as they step up to the podium. We'll hear from Pete Carroll. All that is coming up next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame. Shaw Michael Bummers with Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. I was just getting a story about Lil Joe. Big Ray grew up with a guy named Lil Joe, and he said, man, Lil Joe was a fighter out there. And I look at this defense, Big Ray, and they was fighting. They were getting after that quarterback, 11 sacks on the day, one off the franchise record. What did you see? Was it – all right, let me rephrase that. Was it just the Giants line was that bad, or was the D-line that good, or a little bit of both? Well, I think it was a little bit of both. You know what I'm saying? The D-line has been, you know, looking for a game where they can kind of – you know, not really get right, but to, to kind of make sure that they knew what they knew that they knew. Like, they knew they had good guys can get after the quarterback. They they loved the way Jaron Reed played last week. You know you have some linebackers that can make some plays. Witherspoon, you know, coming from the secondary and all that kind of stuff. And they did what they were supposed to do to a to an offense like this. Like if if you had come in and like some people might say like, oh, well, the offensive line sucked and the, and the Giants aren't that good or whatever. Okay. Well, they did what they were supposed to do. You're supposed to go in and kick a team like that in the teeth right. and shut them down, and that's what they did. I mean, every time the Giants got the ball, Turbo would say, they ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> 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 and the Seahawks made sure they didn't do anything. They had 11 sacks, like mm-hmm. you know, three or four guys with like multiple sacks, and they were really getting after it. So they did what they were supposed to do, and, uh, and that's better than them 
uh, making having been in a dogfight. You know, like you you went in saying like we should dominate this defense, this mm-hmm. offense, and they dominated the offense. Yeah, they're playing complimentary football, fellas. You know, all over the board, offensively, defensively, and even on special teams. A couple of nice returns kind of goes you know under the radar a little bit, but DJ Dallas, a couple of nice returns both on kickoff return and punt return to help facilitate uh, some good field position, you know, for the offense. And we're talking about the sacks and uh, how disruptive we were defensively uh, in the backfield there. Uh, and, and the New York Giants really couldn't do anything on offense. But how about the takeaways as well? I mean, Coach P- uh, Pete Carroll talks about it all the time, winning the turnover margin. We protected the football tonight. Uh, and we took the football away three times tonight as well, and that's a big deal for our D. What's the name of that cat you tell me about, Lil' Who? My man, Little Joe. All right, Little, Little Joe. Little Joe Pat. Devin Weatherspoon was Lil' Joe today. <laughs> All right? He got the number five pick overall. He had two sacks, a pick to the house. He brought the violence to the game, and it's, it's funny to see a DB actually do that. You know, we're used to seeing our big safeties do it, mm-hmm. LBs do it, but, man, 21 was everywhere. Well, it's, it's like uh, like for an offensive lineman. When I see, like, a running back that's running hard, running people over, or I see a, a, a receiver downfield blocking, it gets me pumped up. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't really expect guys to be physical, yeah. like, sometimes in that position. So to see Witherspoon coming up and just, I mean – this dude, like, however much he weighs, he hits you with every ounce of how much he weighs <laughs> and uh, and really, like, puts the hammer on some folks. And then to come away with the pick six, 97 yards, I think it was, yep. uh, was, was pretty spectacular. So this dude, on the biggest stage, had his biggest game in the biggest city. And so, I mean, how – I mean – that's something you dream about, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, great – you know, hats off to him. Yeah, there's some guys that you watch, right, and they perform out there, and you have no choice – but to look at this person play football or whatever it is that they're doing. And that's what Devin Witherspoon, to me, he brings to the table. When you are watching a football game, you ain't got no choice but to watch 21 because he's flying all over the field and he's making plays. He's quickly put himself in position as like the tone setter of this defense. Really. Mm-hmm. Like he's, you, you want to talk about the physicality, the speed, the explosiveness. The way that we think about Jamal Adams, I, I just feel like, Devin Witherspoon fits into that same role. And I just can't wait to see both of those guys on the field on a consistent basis at the same time. That's really when our de- I mean, our defense is already playing at a high level. At least they showed it tonight. Let's see if we can be consistent. I think that we can. But when we get everybody gelled together, healthy 100%, uh, you, we might be looking at one of the best defenses in the league. Well, I like what you said about Witherspoon being the tone setter too because I remember in training camp uh, once he came in, and uh, Quandre Diggs said that the energy that he brings and the approach and the attitude that he brought was something that some of the veteran players needed to be reminded of. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so it was really good to have that. The other thing is, he's a dude that talks to talk and walks to walk. Because there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of dogs that bark like that. Oh yeah, and then their bite ain't nothing. You know right. what I'm saying? They be biting like a goldfish. Yeah, right. But this this dude is like he's talking to talk, walking to walk, and uh, so far, man, he he's been. I mean. I'm not gonna lie. When they drafted him, I didn't. I had no clue who he was, and right. wasn't didn't quite understand the draft pick. But then after they started talking more about you know what he's capable of, and then why they drafted him, and all those types of things, then you start looking for that, and it showed up. All right, let me hop in right there. We got Pete Carroll at the podium now. So much fun tonight. Golly, that was fun playing football. Um, the, one of the first things that that um, 
comes to my attention is, is the guys that continue to step up and play for other guys. We, I don't know. We had a mix mash thing going on in the offensive line again, uh, but it's been three weeks of it. And uh, I'm so proud that, that we have guys that, that can answer the call and play at the top level and, and give us a chance to, to compete in these games. But it's not just that spot, though. It's other places, too. And, and a bunch of guys played on, on the pass rush today. Everybody figured in on the pass rush today, uh, which was great. Um, but it, it's it just re reminds us that we're just getting started. We're just getting going. We're just putting it together. And, and a night like this for our defense to be able to play that that explosively in three turnovers and whatever, double-digit sacks. I can't remember seeing double-digit sacks. Uh, is so important to us as we move into this, you know, we're finishing like the first quarter of the schedule. Um, so with a lot of hope and, and uh, looking toward the future and developing the young guys, uh, keep seeing them able to, to play a, a role for us just gives us the confidence that we're going to keep getting better. So we're not a finished product. We're just getting rolling. And uh, it's really exciting to be able to tell you that um, because it feels like it. What I'm, I'm probably altogether most proud of is how we played in the second half for the last three, three weeks. Uh, we played great football and got it going and, and cleaned up some of the stuff that happened in the first halves of those games and were able to put games away. And so... Uh, uh, that finishing mentality is really, really valuable to us, and we're going to try to keep building on it. Did this uh, feel like it was coming from Devin? This uh, I've never thought he wouldn't play like this. This is the way we. This is why we t took him to be active and to show that he could. He, he gets this game of football, and it comes easy to him, and, and he's an explosive, dynamic player. And uh, we got to play him at nickel for the first time. You know, we, it was this was a process. We getting him back out there. We didn't have enough time. We thought to have him ready. Uh, although he's been working at it the whole time, and he just he did a great job again tonight, and you can see why we, we like him there. Um, so, and we're, you know, we didn't have uh, Artie tonight, and we, and we didn't have Trey Brown tonight, and so um, he he had to do it all night long, you know, for us, and so it was a, it was a beautiful job. He, he showed me who he is. Sorry. How much does that suit his skill set, being a little closer to the ball? We saw him blitz early on. Just make well, it like... playing the position as if you could compare it to playing a corner, there's so many more things that happen. And there's guys on both sides of you, not, and you're not playing on the edge, and there's runs and passes and blitzes and, and mixes of coverages and things like that that makes it, uh, uh, you know, it's a position for a guy that can handle all of that um, naturally. And it, it, it is, a lot of this is natural skill and, and, and awareness that he could pick stuff up so soon and, and be so dynamic in there in, in such short order. He's just going to get better and better. And so... Um, a really, really exciting, uh, you know, thing to watch for us, and so we'll keep going with it. You got six sacks today from linebackers and corners. How how did you see the pass rush as a whole come to life and get the uh, guys back? Hey, this was a great night for Clinton, the guys on defense. Uh, the mixes and the change-ups, uh, the variety of ways that we came after him, used everybody on the field just about, um, and, and you know, hitting the calls at the right time so the guys could could you know. Uh, create some you know, some explosive plays out of it. You got to give Clint a ton of credit, and and uh, in, in pass rush isn't just the guys up front. It's it's everybody contributes to it. Coverage and, and that's where the backers play a role in it as well. And uh, that was a great illustration of that tonight. The frustration for Jamal Adams. What did you have possibly said? He's gonna be okay. You know, he, he he got he saw he got kicked in the head, and so he, he misses this game. But the preparation to get him to this, and then with the week coming off, he's going to be fine, I'm sure, and he'll be back out there. So I'm just, it's just a little glitch right now. Not that you necessarily needed any more motivation, but the hit on Geno out of bounds, that that had yeah, a little, that, had a little so to the side. I don't know why that, that way. We didn't see that differently. It was just looked so dangerous. You know, it was all, all of the effect of a horse collar tackle happened with the swing of the body that pulls down on the back of the legs, and he got hurt on that play. Um, 
So a penalty wouldn't have rectified that, but it just looked like such a dangerous play. It might have warranted a second look. I don't know. But did that fire you guys up a little more? That seemed at that point kind of things kind of started to explode. Maybe so. I don't know. I didn't see it that way, but maybe so. Jamal looked like he was furious after he came out of the medical tent. What's your understanding of why he was upset? He, he, he had a concussion, couldn't play. They told me he couldn't, you know, by the time they got all the assessments done, he couldn't play. And uh, he, I, Somebody said something that wasn't with us, was somebody else around that, that he might have responded to. I'm not sure about that. Have you had the chance to speak with Jamal yet? Um, Just hugged him up and all that. Frustrating start, but... All of the work he did to get here is what preps him for the next time coming around, and he's, he's going to be a big part of what we're doing. Gino getting hurt, but is it good to let Drew Block get some time yet? He was a little jittery at first, you know, and, uh, but he did great. And just getting out there and playing some football, it's so valuable. You know, For the next time he goes in, it's not the first time. So um, it was great to put him back out there. You notice we got a chance to get some of our guys off the field. I, don't, I can't ever remember taking Bobby out of a game. Maybe you guys can, but I can't remember us doing that, but getting them to rest for the last couple of drives or whatever like that. Um, so was, we did the same with Gino, you know, and, and uh, it was a nice night for getting that done. Is Gino, does he have an injury, or is it just kind of a pain tolerance um, thing? Or? Uh, he, had, he, had, he had a knee, kind of twisted his knee a little bit. Yeah. It really was knee and ankle at first, but I think it's I think it just came down to being they taped him up on the ankle and then his knee was a little bit he might be sore tomorrow, you know, the next couple days. He'll need to break. Still hands in Damian Lewis. Yeah, um Phil's ankle uh oh, checked, calf. calf again. Yeah, it was his calf that he had, had a couple of weeks ago. We were gonna rotate uh, uh A B in there and, and not overplay him and we just didn't get to that before it, it didn't hold up. So uh and I, I don't um, uh, yeah, he got he's got a twisted ankle. Jaron Reed, what happened with him? Uh, he got kicked in the shin, and uh, it, it kind of blew up on him a little bit. So it's, it's not broken or anything like that. It'll be, uh, he'll be pretty sore for the next few days, but he'll, he'll be all right. Usually you don't want to buy this early, but three wins in a row and all the injuries, this is maybe good Yeah, this time. is a really good time for us. It's a good time for us to come back with new perspective for the young guys and where we can kind of go back to, you know, talking about what they've accomplished and where, how far they've come along. And, and it really, to me, the, there's so much focus on those guys and their ability to contribute as we move forward. I think this is a really good stopping point for us in that regard. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly zero in to try to help them continue to develop. It's, it's so important for us to get those guys where they're part of it, and uh, it'll be such a factor to us once we get to the midpoint of the season, hitting the second half. It was only nine plays, but did you see what three safeties with Adams can do to the entire team? No, I, can't do I know what he can do. We, we, that's why we're playing him there. We, we know what we're doing. Um, we haven't seen the benefits of it yet. You know, he, he missed the sack right off the bat. You know, he had a shot at him. He, he, I'm sure he was maybe a little overexcited about that one. He was free as you can get. Witherspoon's the, the touchdown. What did you kind of see as that play was unfolding? Um, he, he situated himself right between the, the two receivers that were doing their little return thing, and, and uh, I'm not sure who they were throwing it to. Or they, they thought the guy would slide more, but he was right in the right spot, and he just nailed it. Uh, the thing I liked the best about the play was the other two guys, Julian and, and Tariq, recognizing how we needed them to help him finish the, the play, and the, the explosion of those two guys <clears throat> to jump out and shield his way all the way to the end zone. Was, that was incredible. I love that part of that play. Was that the impact of that play, turning around the game, basically, with they were getting close? Um, yeah, because they, they moved, you know, they had made their way down the field. Um, I, I thought the QB did a nice job of, of running. You know, Daniel Dan did a good job of being really resourceful and keeping them alive and stuff. And uh, they kind of moved their way down um, and, and with some nice individual plays and all. Uh, so it was a really big deal to us in that game. Yeah, it was a huge play.
Juice, I was going to say, Juice passed to Noah, I think it was third and ten on that play. And so, the, yeah, getting it down. Yeah, it floated out and, and hit him. A great job of Noah running. Gosh, he's so, I mean, how about the two plays? The one with Kenny, I mean, it's, did he, did he hit it or not? You know, they still don't really know, but they called it the way they did. And then, you know, him finishing out, he didn't get in the end zone. That was a good call there. Um, but he did stay in bounds. We, we thought we'd lose that a bunch of yards there. But that was a tremendous run by Noah. Gino's touchdown to DK. I don't know how good you're getting oh, yeah, yeah, that looks the, like a, I saw the, a quick flash of the replay. Excellent job by both guys. You know, the chemistry of understanding, here comes my chance, and, and, and for, for uh, DK to get open and Gino to rip one in there. We practice that stuff all the time, and it was a perfect example of how we, how we practice that throw right there in the corner. It was a great job. By the, the big picture, just where do you feel like you guys are at after four games? Again. This big picture, what, what do you feel yeah, about it? Yeah, screwed up the freaking second half of the first game, you know, and, and I remember kind of forgiving myself for that. We, we just, you know, the Rams have done a nice job since then. They, they play good football, but we just didn't play the second half like all the rest of these halves. This is the way we're supposed to finish, and we just didn't do it. So I'm going to be kicking myself for that one. But, you know, okay, there's a couple teams that are 4-0, you know, and uh, it's really close. Do Kobe, Ari, and uh, Trey all have a chance to come back after the bye? Yeah, Kobe has a really good chance. Um, I'm not sure about Artie. We've got to wait and see because it's a hammy. We're going to see how he does. Speaking of finishing, you guys have had issues getting off the field on third down. They started four for seven, but then they finished the game six for 16. Is, is that something coming out of this game that you're huge. extremely it's huge, Yeah, It's a huge improvement for us. It's been the number one emphasis on both sides of the football to be more effective on third downs. That's the, Of all of the areas in our game, that's where we have to improve, and, and it's, it just happens to be on both sides. So um, it's good to see some numbers going in the right direction there. Anthony Bradford's a pretty rugged kid. What's he done? Going? It seems like he's held his own inside since you've had I, I think so, again. Yeah, and he, he went against the two best guys that we'll, we'll face all year. Those guys are phenomenal defensive tackles. I, I don't know what happened so much, but I do know the way he plays matched up well. And we had intended for him to play in this game, even though Phil came back, um, just, just to see him out there. Um, he is very physical. And he's, he's, you know, 360, and he, and he can handle it well, and he moves his feet well and, and all that. So um, he's a, a, a dynamic young kid in the offensive line for us, and it's, a, it's great to see him get this play right now. That means invaluable playtime. Anything else? Thank you. Thank you, Coach. All right, that was Pete Carroll with a lot to say. We're going to get analysis from the guys when we return. Say 12s, throw on your blue and green and get ready to bring the noise. The Seahawks are back at home on Sunday, October 22nd, to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Don't miss another action-packed game at Lumen Field. Get your tickets now at Seahawks.com slash tickets. All right, lots more to do when we get back. Seahawks on the East Coast coming back with a win, 24-3. Seahawks get it done 24-3 against the New York Giants. Let's go to DK. He's at the podium now. Pete told you we practice it all the time. So, you know, it's just another day at the office, um, you know, practicing uh, the scramble drill. And, you know, Gino put in the right place, um, and I made a late reaction from uh, like Lockett made last week. Is that where you learned that deep move, or is that something you've had? You know, I don't know what? Deek, you deeked him like the ball wasn't coming. I don't say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, what would you call it? I mean, it was a late reaction. That's what I would call it, yes, okay. sir. Um, but, yeah, Lockett does it uh, the best with the late hands. Um, anytime a defender's close with him, uh, I mean, just catching the ball late so they don't have uh, no time to get their hands in and knock the ball down. That's something you read when you see his head turn to the quarterback, right? Correct, yeah. I mean, when his back is turned uh, to the quarterback and he's facing me, that's a uh, you know, perfect time to do it. You had one of those last year, didn't you? Sorry? You, you had one of those last year, didn't you? No, I mean, that was the first one I had. Okay. Yes, sir. What was the 
was sort of uh, when Gino got hurt and Drew had to come in? I guess kind of how did that all unveil? You know, how do you guys kind of sort of react to that? Uh, I mean, you know, it was just the next man up, and you know, we we practice with Drew all the time. Um, I mean, we see him at practice, so it was nothing new uh, for us. It was just a matter of just executing the plays that uh, Shane called. Kind of going off that when Jamal gets hurt early in the game, does that kind of deflate at all on the sideline, or is that bringing you guys more so together? You know? I mean, just with dealing with Jamal, um, I mean, he's a great person, great energy uh, that we love to have on the field at all times. And, um, you know, when he goes down like that, it's always motivating. I wouldn't say it's deflating for us because, um, you know, it's another one of our brothers going down. So, you know, we got to pick him up and, uh, you know, dedicate the game, the rest of the game to him because, you know, he would, you know, do anything just to be out there uh, playing with us. So, you know, just happy he got to play, um, you know, again with us this year and he'll be back uh, soon. Did you have a chance to speak with him at halftime or anything? Or yeah, he was very encouraging to us uh, coming in the locker room at halftime, telling us to finish the game. You guys were playing that game with four of your five starting linemen not there, and your starting center is playing guard. Just what can you say about the job that group has done? Yeah, all just, uh, shout out to the O line because you know they've rotated you know different bodies at different positions all year, um, and then just to have you know four or five new bodies in there today uh, just shows the work that they put in and you know the details that they have at uh, practice and you know their uh, coach Andy uh, in there always having them uh, you know prepared and ready to play. Talk about the three straight wins now after the opening loss. How you come together? You said what? Three straight wins since the opening loss. How the team has come together in that time? I mean, yes, sir. We we played one bad half of football in the first game, and uh, you know we picked it back up. Um, you know the second week, and then we're here now. Uh, you know after you said uh, like three uh, three wins. So I mean, just going into the bye week, I know we're dinged up right now, and uh, you know it'd be a good time for us to take a break and you know to recoup and you know just get everybody back healthy. You mentioned the bye week. Do you like having the bye week early in the season? Uh, I mean, I didn't like it before the season started, but now, uh, you know, with the injuries and, uh, you know, the ding, dinged up players that we have right now, I think it's a perfect time for us to have a bye week. What's it like watching that defense as an offensive player, watching the defense from the sideline, their dominance tonight? I mean, it was great to see. They only gave up three points, um, and, you know, it was only our doing uh, that they got the three points because, you know, we couldn't move the ball um, on that uh, on the previous possession. So, uh, I mean, just hats off to the defense. Uh, you know, uh, Witherspoon played his butt off. Tariq, you know, getting healthy um, back to so he can play uh, tonight. And, um, you know, just happy to see all those boys out there balling. Thank you. Thank you. That was DK Metcalf. Had himself a nice little touchdown, put the defender to sleep. Gino hit him in the end zone. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. We're going back to New York. Bobby Wagner's at the podium. Yeah. Doing well, you sir? Good. Team record 11 sacks, tied a team record tonight. And uh, you guys got four from the linebackers, two from corners. Uh, what can you say about the pass rush from all three levels of the defense tonight? I think we needed it. Uh, I think um, each game, uh, defensively, we've been getting better. Um, you know, we've been doing a good job stopping the run, but the one thing was just applying pressure. I think the last game we had a lot of pressures, but not as many sacks. And so um, I felt like this game we turned those pressures into sacks. Were you guys seeing anything offensively from them that you made it that you wanted to bring extra pressure more often against them, or was it just the injuries that they had up front too? No, I think it was just understanding um, the, how the game was going to go. Uh, they gonna they want to put the ball in the, uh, their playmaker hand, and so uh, we knew he was gonna try to take off, which he did a couple times uh, to run the ball, and um, you know we just want to make sure that we apply a little bit more pressure. 
think of Witherspoon tonight? I think he did a great job. Um, I think it was, what, two sacks, a pick. Um, I think he had a, a nice tackle on a, on a crush play on the outside. He played really, really well. He's really, um, you know, coming into his zone every time he plays. Um, he's very, very smart. And, you know, every time he steps out there, he gets smarter. Remind him that a 97-yard pick six is one short of the team record. I think I did remind him already. That fits him inside. What, what, what's he, his skills that fit maybe nickel as well? Um, I think his ability to blitz, tackle, um, how smart he is. Um, you can move him on the outside, move him on the inside, and so you know he can cover really well. And so I think it's the ability to kind of interchange him um, in any position makes him um, very versatile. What enabled the defense to be so dominant throughout this game? Uh, I think we did a good job of stopping the run. Uh, we know they wanted to come in and, and try to establish that. Um, they ran a lot of mixed directions the first series. Um, they were able to move the ball a little bit, but once after that first series, we settled down and um, you know we felt like we stopped the run pretty well and put them into passing situations, which allowed us to get out to the quarterback. Anything else? Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that was Bobby Wagner. Had himself 17 tackles, two sacks, two t- uh, TFLs. The old man was looking young today, man. That defense in a, as a whole were flying around, man. But when you can secure the middle of the field with 5-4, it's looking good, Turbo. He the quarterback of the defense. No ifs, fans or busts about it. And, you know, despite the age, <laughs> I guess, if we want to even talk about that, uh, he's still playing at a very, very high level. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. You know, I'm, I'm watching the game, and, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, B-Wag's got eight, nine tackles, and you're looking at it like, Win, <laughs> win, and 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 but but that just shows the greatness of Bobby. He's always there, no matter what. Yeah, I I thought you know it looked like the defense was like he said was trying to like figure out what they were doing on offense at first, but then it, they were playing with a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it was like uh, I think the Lions game when they just they like after they had kind of challenged their 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 effort the game before. They were they were flying around. Dudes were you know Witherspoon on that one swing route uh, to the running back out to the offense's right side, and he came up and made a big tackle on on that play. So they were responding to things really quickly. Uh, they were they weren't there weren't a whole lot of you know yards after the catch or after the first contact that kind of stuff. So they were really rallying to the ball. So it was it really was uh, a defense. Lifting, carrying the team, which sometimes you just have to do that. You win ugly. Uh, sometimes the offense carries the defense, and vice versa. So good, good performance by the defense and by a bunch of contributors on the defense. All right, let's go back to the podium. Hear from another guy with two sacks, Lieutenant Nwosu. Uh, we was able to stop the run, which uh, led to the success we had in the past. You know. We have a lot of talented guys up front and the linebacker position that could blitz, corner position that could blitz, nickel position that could blitz. So <clears throat> we knew if we stopped the run, you know, we would have fun today. And that's exactly what we did. What did that, what did that feel like today, making that statement on defense, you know, in a primetime game? We knew it was coming. Um, the week we had last week, you know, 36 pressures. I think that was like a, a record for the week that week. We knew we had the talent. We knew it was coming. Uh, so we knew if, you know, we did what we did last week, stopped the run, we would do the same thing this week and we was able to get home more. How much is having Jaron back and, and having Mario Edwards with the contributions he's making rushing the passer, how is that helping you guys on the outside? It's helping us a lot, you know, where, you know, guards can't really help out on the edge as much because they have to worry about those two guys in the middle. So, 
you know, Mario and uh, Dre and, uh, and Jay Reed, you know, they've been doing good things for us, getting pressure through the A-gap pressure uh, right in the quarterback's face, forcing him to scramble outside or sit back in the pocket, which allows me, you know, Darryl, Mafe, uh, anybody who's blitzing off the edge to get home. So credit to so those guys, and they're a great force up the middle. Think of Witherspoon today. What was that? What did you think of Witherspoon today? Man, he's looking good, man. That little spoon, man. That, that's how he talks, man. He's from Florida. That little spoon. <laughs> but, man, he's looking like a veteran out there, man. He's doing his thing, man. The 97-yard the pick six, the two sacks. He just looks so comfortable out there. You know, he knows what he's doing, and I can't wait to see him keep growing and growing. What do you think his pass rushing game, the blitzing ability, you mentioned the two sacks he had today. Yeah. What do you think of his pass rushing game? He, he looks good, man. He looks good. He's doing good, man. For him being this size, he got a lot of speed, so he can avoid tackles and avoid guys, you know, so he's doing a good job, man. And like I said, he's only going to get better and better. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, to Chen So he had two sacks, man. Could have had a couple more. He had his paws on Daniel Jones. I feel like if you play defensive line, you at least touch the jersey <laughs> of Daniel Jones at some point today. What you see out of Chenna? No, you know, I, I thought coming into the game that, uh, you know, he, he kind of got his sacks a little bit later. I, I thought he'd play a bigger role because, you know, last year, uh, you know, not he did a great job setting the edge, but I think he surprised people with his pass rushing. He, I think he ended up with like nine and a half sacks. So it was really good to see him kind of get his first couple sacks of the season. Uh, I, obviously to see everyone get get their sacks on the season. I love the way he plays. I love the, you know, his um, – his attention to the detail of how he plays his position. And then also, you know, we were talking about all the different guys that got in there. Uh, Adams, man, this dude, every time, if you looked at, like, his playmaking uh, percentage related to the number of plays he gets, it has to be really high. Right. Because he makes – Miles makes a play every single time he's in there. It's a tackle for a loss. It's a you know, cause fumble. It's a hit the quarterback. This time he came out – came away with two sacks. So there's a lot of guys that contributed today, which, um, you know, especially coming from the middle of that defense was a big deal. You know, my favorite part uh, – and, and by the way, uh, Ray, Uchenna was your key hawk today, yeah, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he came was. through. Came and through. I said one and a half to two sacks. That's all, right, all I got to yeah, say. Hey, all right. Nostradamus. Been you, put, you, put, you called the pick six, ladies and gentlemen. Seattle. Hey, put, caught put some that respect on Big Ray's neck. Put some respect on my vibrations, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I feel the vibration. <laughs> now, uh, on the real, y'all, the, 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 uh, the cool thing about – what I noticed today uh, with the front seven, the defensive line, linebackers, is how they played off of each other. I don't know if we had run have if we have run games so cleanly. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and y'all, when I say games, for those who may not be under who may not understand that, when I'm listening is like you know a defensive line goes inside and the other defensive line from the inside loops around the outside and and, and breaks free. Right, the guy who's going first. His job is to what, Ray? Take two defenders right. with him, two blockers with him mm-hmm. to free that other guy looping on the outside. And those games that we ran today with Bobby, with yeah. the other defensive line, they were so clean and it allowed mm-hmm. us to get consistent pressure. Yeah, I, I know the last sack, I think on the, the TV version, we saw it beautifully. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. You saw the game that they were playing. And there's a timing and a chemistry that needs 100%. to happen with that, right? 100%. Because we got to make the O-line believe, mm-hmm. right? And that's the funny thing, man. It's easy when you're looking at, at the game being played and you're saying, well, if he's leaving, another guy's going. Yeah, easier said than done. You yeah. want to make sure you help your boy out. And then all of a sudden, 54 flashes, and he's already by you. Well, the cool thing about it is, like, there's an art 
to running games like that. So when you're the the first person where you're like the, the guy that's trying to pull two people with you, really, if you're really good at it, like let's say I'm the, the, the defensive end, per se, and I'm lined up over the tackle. I want to go – it's like a pick and roll. You yep. want to pick the hip <laughs> of the guard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, then, and then that keeps him from getting back in front of you, but you're pulling the tackle with you, and then the defensive tackle wraps around. And if it's done right, the guy that picks the hip of the guard, you can roll – to the quarterback, and so you get pressure from both of those guys. And tonight, they did a really good job of that a couple times, especially uh, Jaron Reed was getting off the ball really fast, and then a couple times uh, Jones did it, where, where both guys running the game ended up getting pressure on the quarterback. That's really good. This high-level analysis y'all getting hey, right here. That's really saying? good. Y'all, y'all, better, y'all better stay tuned in because these guys are just getting started, man. Say 12's fall is finally here. The Seahawks Pro Shop is your one-stop destination for the best Fits of the season. Show off your team spirit with a new Seahawks hat or jacket and shop the largest gear at the Pro Shop at Lumen Field and the landing in written or online at Seahawks.com. All right, when we return, we'll hear from Geno Smith at the podium. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks win 24-3 on Monday Night Football. And with that win, the Hawks improved to an NFL best 29-12 on Monday Night Football. That's a win percentage of over 70%. Let's hear from the man who helped them get that win. We got Gino at the podium. Good, how are you? How are you feeling? Uh, I feel better. feeling better. Um, you know, obviously, ugly situation, but I feel a lot better. Take us through that play, I guess, and what, what you thought happened there. Uh, you know, I was just running out of bounds and kind of got rolled up on, you know, um, just an unfortunate situation. Do you think there should have been a flag? Uh, I don't know, honestly. Uh, you know, I try not to uh, think about those things, but... You know, in the moment, uh, was kind of heated, but you know, after the fact, you know, I don't know. When the play initially happens, did you think the injury could have been worse than it was? Yeah, uh, you know, initially, I really just was, you know, kind of in shock a little bit, um, just from being rolled up on and having my leg uh, pretty much trapped under the guy, and so um, it, there was, you know, some slight pain. But overall, you know, I was just happy that I, you know, came out okay. So, um, you know, whatever the case is, you know, God's good. Like soreness or I was praying what they say it was. Uh, really can't get into that right now. Were the, were the Giants saying things that upset you about that play? Is that why it kind of kept going on? Yeah, um, you know the the coaches, the fans. Uh, you know, I just you know, it is what it is. You know, anytime you're on the road, you know, it's going to be like that. So we expect it. And you obviously have history with this team and in MetLife. How was how did it feel to come back? More importantly, get a win though. Uh, the win is what's most important. Um, you know, obviously. You know, being here for four years, five years, um, you know, was was felt like home to me. But uh, you know, now that I've been away, uh, it's just another road game. Yes, three and one now heading into your bye, three wins in a row. How do you feel about this team overall? Where you're at? You know what? I think we're still getting better as a team. You know, I think overall we've got a lot of room for improvement. You know, I think uh, a lot of guys battled. You know, a lot of guys stepped up. You know, we were, you know, putting offensive linemen in, um, you know, back left and right. And, you know, guys are stepping up, making plays. Uh, the defense played a tremendous game, um, probably one of the best games I've seen them play. Uh, guys stepped up all around. I mean, Witherspoon had a tremendous day. Uh, the defensive line, linebackers, secondary, everybody played a great game, and I think it was a great win for the team. You mentioned that offensive line. You, your starting center is playing guard in the second half. You have backups at every other spot. Just, what kind of job has that group done over the last few weeks? I think Andy and all those guys have done a tremendous job at staying ready. 
Um, you know, obviously, you know, you love to have your starting guys out there. But uh, in this league, you never know what can happen. So guys got to step up. And I thought that's what happened today. Um, not a perfect performance. Not, a, not, not overall our best performance. Like I said, we've got a lot of room to improve. But, uh, you know, I feel like the guys stepped up and they battled against a really good defensive line. You, you mentioned Witherspoon. Uh, you go against him in practice all the time. Uh, you know what he can do. America kind of got to see it tonight. Yeah. Uh, what were you thinking on the sideline when you were watching, watching what he's doing up there? You know, exactly what we expected of him. Uh, I mean, he's, uh, he's such a competitive, you know, dude and so talented. Um, so smart, you know, he's got all, he's got what it takes to be one of the best and when he plays uh, the way he played tonight You know by just doing his assignment, you know, the ball will find him because he's a playmaker And so uh, I think he's just a great player who's only going to get better Talk about that first touchdown pass to Metcalf what you were seeing and then the execution uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, scramble drill. Uh, we talk about it all the time. We practice it all the time, uh, off-schedule plays, and uh, DK's a big target. He's a guy who has, you know, just uh, you can put the ball anywhere and he'll catch it. And so really, you know, just saw the DB's, DB's back turn. Uh, you know, DB, uh, DK, sorry, kind of gave me like a little bit of a head nod to throw it and, uh, you know, put it in a, a spot where he can get it, and uh, he made a great catch. You had a couple of those touchdowns and more. The, like you said, the DB's right there, but you can throw it anyway. Just how much trust do you have in him in those situations? Uh, tremendous amount of trust. Uh, you know, like I said, he's uh, he's a, such a big target with, you know, a tremendous catch radius. Uh, so you just put the ball somewhere where he can get it, and, uh, you know, he usually makes those catches. And so it was great to get that to get us started, uh, kind of get some momentum early and uh you know we need more of that so you know we're going to work hard to to get better corners head and backs turned are you throwing that pretty much every time because that's going to be a tough reaction for that guy yeah i mean that's that's what we uh you look for i mean it's hard for that guy to find the ball and make a play and so if a guy's not looking if he you know if he can't find the ball you know you give your guys a chance and uh you know guys like dk tyler and all the guys man they usually come up with those you talked a lot about the relationship that you've built with Drew since he got here. I know you wouldn't be out in the game, and you obviously were in the injury tent at the time, but what was it like to see him be able to lead the team down and get that touchdown right before the half? Oh, man, I was so excited for Drew, and uh, like I always say, man, he's a starter in this league, and, and, and he's a really, really good quarterback. And so uh, kind of what I expected of him, you know, I expect him to go out there and do his thing like he always does. And, uh, you know, the, the great part about it is that um, – you know, we work together, and, you know, the belief that he has in me, uh, I have the same amount of belief in him, and I know that he's going to do great things when his opportunity arrives, which he did today. You know, given how you were once treated here, does it, do you feel vindication in such a dominant fashion in this building? Uh, honestly, uh, I don't. You know, I was only here for one year with the, with the Giants, and uh, you know, my stretch with the Jets uh, was kind of up and down, good and bad. And so, um, I was always thankful for my opportunities here. Um, you know, I have a lot of you know great friends who are from New York and still live in New York, and a lot of fans still here. So, uh, it's a lot of love. I have a lot of love for New York, and uh, vice versa. So, um, it's just another win, like I said. And I think the special part is that the way that we got this win, and the way that everyone stepped up, and all the things that we battled through to, to get it done. Where would you like to see growth and improvement on the offense coming out of the line? Yeah, I, I would say consistency, um, a down-to-down consistency. I would say being better on third downs, uh, still, a, still an area we need to improve on. Um, and then, you know, for me personally, just overall accuracy, you know, just being, being better with my accuracy, um, you know, doing things better, uh, you know, in and out of the huddle, you know, everything, really. Everything's got to improve. So I'm just looking forward to the next opportunity. Did the ref tell you why you got the taunting call? Uh, I probably was uh, going overboard. You know, I shouldn't have. You know, uh, been talking to that sideline. Should have, should have uh, stayed in my place. So that, that was deserving. Is that reacting to Baca getting tossed way out of bounds on that play? 
Yeah, I just feel like things were getting a little chippy out there, and uh, it's my job not to, you know, take part in that. And so I've got to reel my guys back in and uh, just kind of got overboard with it. All right, that was quarterback Geno Smith. Our quarterback review was brought to you by T-Mobile, exclusive wireless partner of the Seattle Seahawks. With that win, Pete Carroll passes Mike Holmgren for 15th place on the NFL's all-time winning his coach list with 175 of those things. Mm. Longevity's real, Big Ray. Oh, for real. And, you know, it's funny because I can remember my first year in Detroit, Pete Carroll was a defensive coordinator for the 49ers. And, uh, and so I've, I've been around Pete and I've known Pete for a while. And it's interesting how he just never seems to get the credit that he's due a- around the league. For, for whatever reason, I think people think he wins with snake oil or something. Like it's, You know what I'm saying? Like it's like some you know magic that he's doing. But the guy consistently wins, gets the team to the playoffs. He developed players. Uh, you know they, they always have. You know they, he's always developed a quarterback on every level he's, that he's been on. And so I don't know why people don't think of him in the same light as some of some of these other great coaches. And so I, I love Pete. I love how he approaches coaching. I love how he approaches uh, players and, and gives them the uh, the space to be who they are within the boundaries of of protecting the team. And so uh, it, it's about time that you know that nationally people start to recognize him that way. He's just a model of consistency, and he's always done it his own way, you know, not the traditional way. Almost like kind of how Coach Prime is, you know, mm-hmm. just not as loud with it, you know. Uh, and not everybody has been able to, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, get on that train, you know, for lack of a better way to describe it, the way that Pete and his coach style is. But he's been a model of consistency. He's been the same guy, you know, every single day for a number of years, and that's what makes him a great coach. All right, man. That's what it is. Hawks get it done. When we return, we're going to speak to our hear from Devin Witherspoon as he steps up to the podium. 24-3 is your final score. Jones from the shotgun. Three beside him in the backfield. Single wide out left with a slot to the right side. Seattle looks like they want to rush four. And they do. Jones is going to throw. Throws near side. Ball picked up. Witherspoon comes near side. Down the sidelines. Jones chasing him. He comes back inside. Picks up blockers. Still being chased. Witherspoon far side. 20, 15, 10, 5. He is in. Holy catfish. Witherspoon went a mile and a half with the interception for a touchdown. Jones looks left. Witherspoon geeks him into throwing. And then picks it off and goes from about the three-yard line, the length of the field. Are you kidding me? 97 yards. Witherspoon, unbelievable. That's number five pick, Devin Witherspoon. Witherspoon is the second defensive back with two sacks and a pick six in the same game since sacks became official in 1982. The call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plum and Stop Freaking Call Beacon. Let's hear from Devin now. He's at the podium. Could you take us to the pick six, please? Uh, we just running the coverage. Um, we seen the play that we seen on film formation. Um, he ran the basically a return route. Um, so I jumped it. He threw the ball. I just tried to get to the box. That was really my whole mindset. As you're running down the field the last 30 yards or so, knowing you're going to score a touchdown there, Monday Night Football National TV game, kid in his third NFL game, what yeah. was going through your head as your final 30 yards? Oh, uh, really, just don't get caught. But I'm really mad at Reed and J-Love because they made me look slow. They, they kind of even walked me down and made me look slow. But shout out to them for sure. But I was just trying to get to the get to the boss, man. That was an uh, incredible moment for me. 
um, first career pick is a pick six on Monday Night Football. Man, just it don't get no better. What do you call that dance in the end? Uh, I don't know. It's a Cali dance. Uh, shout out to my dog Milo Eiffel, Dylan Wyatt. Um, they taught me that back in my freshman year in college. So. You mentioned How much did that play turn the game around? They were threatening to score and make it a one-score game, and then you turned it into almost a rout. Yeah, it was, um, it's a big play, changing momentum. Um, we go up another touchdown, so our mindset kind of changed when we go back on defense. We can run different coverages and stuff, um, but it was a big play for sure. Two sacks tonight. Uh, is that the first time in your football career that you've had multiple sacks in a game? Uh, I believe so, yeah. That's my first time. That was, that was lit. How, how, much, how much fun is that for you, being able to go after the quarterback like that in blitz? That's a specialty thing for corners. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun for me, man. Um, especially when I see the D-line do it, I just be like, I want some of that. Like, let me get some of that. So uh, coach, coach called a blitz, and I came scot-free. I was happy. Playing a lot of nickel, obviously, today. How much does that role suit you, you think, to make plays? Uh, really... I think it fit me pretty well. I get to get in, uh, play some run defense. Also, I get to uh, cover the guys in the slot. So I think it's a win-win for me because I could do both. So um, I just go out there and play. Deb, you've played a few games. Um, you guys have gotten wins. But I, I would imagine you feel a little differently right now than you did previously. Just getting the two sacks, getting fixes, doing it in national television. You know, what's going through your head right now? You're uh, really, I'm kind of trying to put the game behind me because we got a Cincinnati coming up after the bye week. So um, I'm just trying to move my uh, mind in there. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling, though. I'm um, going go home and celebrate for sure. We're going to have a lot of fun on the plane ride back. You know what I'm saying? So, But, uh, yeah, I'm just um, trying to soak it all in for sure. Does Quandre have to drop the little teaspoon nickname now? Yeah, man, he played with me like that on the Internet, man. <laughs> Shout out to Nino for sure. But, yeah, it's just a little small. They know. Thank you. Good night. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. That was the rookie, Devin Witherspoon. Had himself a day. Two sacks. He had a pick six. He set the tone early. This man can do no wrong. He's getting better and better every single week, Turbo. Lil Spoon, a.k.a. Lil Spoon. He said, said, put some respect on my name is what he was telling Nino right there, man. Nah, this is a nice young kid, man, that's developing and know he uh, dealt with some injuries, you know, early in the year and stuff like that. But it's nice to see him bounce back and really just have an understanding of the defense and even more so how offenses are attacking him. You heard what he told Jen right there. He said, man, I read the return route. I jumped it. He was running the return route. Boom, I jumped it. And to have that kind of recognition early in career is great. Yeah, I I thought it was like I think Paul may have said it earlier uh, in the pregame about it's one thing to know the assignment. It's a different thing to be instinctive and, and understand like what they're trying to do to you, what they're trying to get accomplished and then be able to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes you might have those thoughts, but you're like, man, let me go ahead and get this a plus for my correct, you know, my assignment. But, <laughs> uh, but he, he has a, an instinct about him uh, in both the run game and, and the passing game, which to me is unique for a defensive back. Maybe maybe it's not, but I don't see a whole lot of defensive backs that that respond as quickly and is as willing as he is to st- stick his face in the in the fan and go make a, a tackle and and not just dive at the ankles, but to, he he arrives with bad intentions, and that's what excites me about him. Like obviously, you want him to cover. That's what he's getting paid to do. But he but I think Turbo said earlier too. He's kind of like a tone setter on the defense. Like from the attitude perspective, he's brash and big, you know, 
you know, putting his hands up in the air all the time, and then to come into in the run game and make a big hit, and then the, today to have the game he had. I mean, like I said, it's the biggest stage in the Big Apple on Monday Night Football. You have all the eyes on the football universe watching this game, and for you to come away with what you did is pretty spectacular. They'll take the tackles, but they don't pay him to tackle. Exactly. They pay him to take that thing yeah. to the house, exactly. 97 pay yards. Him, yes, he get paid to tackle too. Nah, that – and okay. co- all okay. of it. Yes, Turbo. You know what I'm saying, Turbo. Okay, I feel you. My bad. <laughs> He's a cover corner who will come up and hit you. <laughs> Dag nabbit. Just like you are a running back who could catch the ball, but they're going to hand you the thing off and say, run between the tackles, young fella. Right. I, you know, but then if I can't catch the ball, I'm not in there on third down. Uh, yeah, exactly. They put somebody so else I, in. They, 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 but, uh, so they pay you to run. Man. Would you let me get through what I got to do here? Okay, you're right. Two chains. Dang it. Hey, when we return, we're going to hear from Noah Fan and Curran. They're standing by with Jim Miller. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Lock from the shotgun. Slot to the near side. Takes the snap. Four-man rush by the Giants. Lock is going to scramble. Throws near side. Wide open. Fan. First down up the near sideline. Still up the sideline. Still up the sideline. Fan. Does he get in? He does. Touchdown. Seahawks. Holy catfish. Noah Fan catches a flare pass in the right flat and breaks not one, not two, but three tackles on the near side. I don't think he stepped out of bounds. They're going to look at it. I think there's green between his foot and the white sideline. If it stands, it's 52 yards for a touchdown. Even if it doesn't stand as a touch, it's still going to be a big first down. As the Seahawks come on the field, they'll review this thing as they do, obviously, inside of two minutes and all scoring plays. But what an effort by Noah Fan up the near sideline. Noah Fent with the longest reception of the day, 51 yards from Drew Luck, not Geno Smith. He's standing by with Jim Mueller. Noah, we talked to Drew, and of course I wanted to know what he saw in that big play to you, but he made sure to point out how special it was to connect with you again on the field in a different uniform. How long had you guys been talking about that? A long time. I mean, it gives you flashbacks from like when we were in Denver together, but um, I was just happy that he you know, got it out to me quick and I was able to, uh, to make a play. It wasn't designed for me to necessarily get that ball. Uh, more of just a chip and get to the flat to kind of get out of the way, but um, I was happy to be able to make a play for him. And to be able to see him on the field. He never wants to be on there because it means that there's an injury to somebody yeah. else, but it was gratifying yeah. to see him lead that touchdown drive. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've known Drew for going on five years now, came in together, got drafted together. Um, I was super happy for him and proud of him. Just like he's one of the best guys and for him to come in and lead a drive to, for us to score before the half, which we needed, um, it was huge. And it was, I'm super happy for him and just proud that he's like doing his thing and and, and uh, having success. So uh, that was great to see. Did you think you were in the end zone or did you know you were a little short? No, I, th- so I thought it was I thought it was close. I, I knew it was close. Uh, I saw that the, the ref gave me the gave me the uh, touchdown signal. So I thought it was good, but uh, it was a little short. So. <laughs> You knew that you were going to have to block a lot with the pressure they were bringing. How much did that scheme change? Because I think we saw like two tight ends and a running back in the backfield at one point today. Yeah. Um, You know, we definitely expected them to maybe blitz a little bit more, um, which we had prepared for. But, um, yeah, we knew that coming in that we were going to have to, especially in the past game, like 
pass protect a little bit more than more than usual just to make sure that the quarterback was clean to be able to deliver the ball to the receiver. So um, it's a part of the job. You know, we're asked to do at, at the tight end position, we're asked to do a little bit of everything. So um, just trying to make sure that we can contribute in uh, all phases. So. A couple more questions. Why was this team able to withstand all the injuries today? I think that um, we have a resilient team. Next guy up mentality. Um, guys came in and played well, and I, you got to give credit to the defense of like, obviously they got the pick six, they got another pick, and then a bunch of sacks, and they were they were just going crazy today. So, um, big tribute to them for like helping us win that game because you know, um, from the offensive side, we definitely want to be able to do more. Um, but they, you know, they they played their butts off. So. Well, it's almost like you took the last question out of my mouth because I was going to ask you about the defense. I'm going to ask, what was your favorite play the defense made? Uh, I'd, ha I'd say between two. The one that uh, 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 Jordan Brooks recovered, um, that was a huge play for us. And then obviously Spoon's uh, pick six was huge too. So those two plays were huge plays in the game that kind of shifted the momentum that we needed. So um, those are my two favorites. Yeah, and on that Brooks play, a couple plays later, uh, they found the end zone, which is always what you want, bump on those quick changes. We'll get that back to you. Yeah, you love seeing the uh, sudden change as well. We called it sudden change, sudden change, right? Just made a play, get on out there and uh, and punch it in, man. And that was the longest play of the year for Noah Fanny. He had a, uh, excuse me, a catch for 31 yards against the Detroit Lions. And then he's got this 51-yarder here. Noah fan, I mean, the Titans are essential. Last week we saw them kind of emerge and everybody was getting some. Uncle Will Dissy was out that week. Didn't have the production numbers-wise when it comes to the tight ends. But, I mean, you'll take a 51-yard reception. They're a security blanket for this offense. I mean, a, a lot of what we do runs through the tight ends, even in the run game, right? They're, they're impactful in so many ways that may not show up on the stat sheet. But as soon as you forget about these guys as a defense, as soon as you tune them out and you got to focus on DK and Tyler and JSN as he continues to emerge and Jake Bobo as he continues to emerge and in the run game with the running backs, you know, here come a tight end scooting down the field for 54 yards and probably a tutty. You know what I'm saying? Will Disley, all the other guys, right? And so uh, this is certainly a position that's so critical to the offense uh, and you can't forget about him. Yeah, this is kind of the types of plays I thought Noah Fant would make uh, when they when he first came here, uh, because it gives you, you know, if you're 50, 60 yards out, you have a player at every skill position that can take it to the house. You have a player from the tight end, a player, you know, multiple guys in the running back room, multiple guys in the in the receiver room that can legitimately take a 10, 15 yard pass and take it to the house. So it was really good to see Noah Fent, <clears throat> a big dude like him tiptoeing down the sideline was pretty cool. And then, like I told you guys earlier, I think in our last week bump, is that, you know, his willingness to want to block. Like, it, like it, it's one thing to have a, a tight end that is kind of in the way. But we have three tight ends that show a willingness to block. And if you have the willingness to block, you're probably going to be halfway decent at it. And that's all they have to be. They don't have to be great at it. They just have to be halfway decent. And Parkson is becoming really good at it. Uh, like a lot of the big runs the last couple of years have come with him having some piece of the block that sprung the run. And so uh, that, that's the thing I love about that that tight end room. It's three totally different skill sets, but all three of the guys know how to maximize their abilities. They're like a uh... – a group, 
Yeah. You know, like a, like a boy band. Everybody has their own <laughs> little pocket that yeah. they fall yeah. in, man. And yeah. uh, talk about a group. This offensive line group, man, they are banged up. We saw the two young tackles get banged up a couple weeks ago. Today we saw Damian Lewis go down, Phil Haynes go down. So the spotlight has been on these guys. Jake Kern's been doing a good job filling in. He's with Jim Mueller. Jake, I'm doing injury updates on the sideline. I'm starting to get a little bit nervous when I see how thin the offensive line is getting. What enabled you guys to withstand that many injuries just across the offense? Yeah, I mean, um, just next man up mentality, everybody being ready to go. So, you know, we're, we're shuffling guys and moving guys around, and we've been having to do it in practice too because it's been early in the year. It's been uh, tough with the injury luck, especially up front. But... We're finding ways to make it work and fi- figuring out how to work together. What's the degree of difficulty, though, when not only are you shuffling guys on the offensive line, you are dealing with blitzes about half the time? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the centers are going to make the calls. So Evan and Olu are the only two that are, you know, hope, knock on wood, the only guys in there at center, and they, they know the blitz plans. And everybody hears the calls and knows what that means. So whoever's in there, they're driving the bus, and, you know, we trust them to do it versatility of Evan today though to slide from center to guard what have you learned about him and in the first few weeks yeah no Evan Evan's a great player and he's you know got that ability to shuffle around to a few different spots though I I think he'd prefer to stay home at center but uh yeah no Evan's a a tough dude and, and he can get it done in a few different places I kept looking up at the scoreboard, and I felt like there were more points on the board than there actually yeah. were. Why, why did I feel like that? It looks like maybe you felt the same way. Yeah, there were there were a couple of drives we had stall out uh, it, deep in their territory, going forward on a fourth and not getting it, or um, I think there was one field goal that we didn't convert on. So various different reasons, um, stuff that we got to get better at and, and clean up, but always good to you know, have a win when you have stuff to clean up rather than the, the alternative result. Well, and you didn't have Gino the entire time either. No. To get Drew Locke in there and to score with him in the game, what does that do for him and the offense? Hey, you know, it's the same thing we're talking about with the offensive line, whether it's Gino or Drew. We, we trust both those guys. They both prepare all week, you know, know the calls, know the game plan, and, you know, the center's going to drive the offensive line calls and, and the quarterback's going to drive the offense, and we trust the, the guys we have at both of those positions to do that. Okay, you've seen a lot of playmakers on offense. You've seen a lot of speed. But I want you to rate Devin Witherspoon on that pick six for the ground he covered, the style he showed, and the speed he had. That was pretty good. You know, I thought uh, uh, the quarterback might get him there for a second, but he put a good little move on him, break away to the end zone. I think uh, – I'm trying to remember. I think it might have been Mike Jack, Michael Jackson, sprinted, sprinted on down there and got a good block in there too, so – you know, those guys helping each other out to get in the end zone, too. We always appreciate that on offense also. Yeah, getting contributions from both sides of the ball on this one, Bump, as we get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. Ain't nothing like some Rick James in the background set the tone. <laughs> right. You know, they, they back there partying. They deserve it, man. <laughs> yes, they, they got do. it done. 24-3 defense playing lights out. Big us, Rick James. Yeah, you know what? I want to give a shout-out to, to, you know, you always hear this kind of next man up thing. And it's more to it than just next man up. You know, like uh, the the offensive line has been maligned here for a long time. Not just offensive line, but the Seahawks' approach to it. Right. So they used to, when Tom Cable was here, they'd take defensive line and try to make him offensive line. And they brought in a bunch of big dudes that didn't really pan out and all this paid another guy, you know, from Carolina, I think it was, a big, or Jacksonville, a big chunk of money. It never worked out. But Andy Dickerson has come and he's kind of changed the 
the mentality of that room. And part of that is because this dude, when you when I go to practice and I watch, I don't I'm not even really watching the offensive lineman. I'm watching how he's coaching mm-hmm. and his attention to the smallest details. And he coaches to every offensive lineman as if they're the starter. That is what allows you to come in with a whole group of backups and dudes playing different positions allows you to sustain. Like they didn't thrive tonight. They didn't they didn't like blow the world up, but they came in. They did. There wasn't any, you know, big holes in what they were trying to get done. There were some penalties that kind of stopped the some drives and things like that. But to be able to switch a a, a, a center to a guard, bring in a, a rookie center to have, you know, two, you know, tackles that haven't had a whole lot of reps playing. Uh, Bradford is another rookie, so that to me speaks to coaching and development. It's, it's kind of like when you see these these college kids, you know, go to college as a three or four star football player. And four years later, they're still a three- or four-star football player versus being a developed, fully grown, you know, NFL-type ready player. Like, you have to be able to develop guys like that. And mm-hmm. Andy Dickerson had no clue who this dude was when he, when we brought him from the Rams uh, and he was here with Solari. But the dude has found a way to really develop dudes and prepare them. So it's more than just, hey, man, next man up. Next man up is like, hey, man, I better have my face in the playbook. I better be doing executing these techniques right. I better be doing what the coaches asked me to do because when my number's called, I have to be ready to play. And I think he's done a really good job of, of preparing the offensive line that way. Man, I was going to say the same thing, but I, not not in full detail like that, but just the, just the point of giving Andy Dickerson love, the offensive line coach, because it's difficult – for a guy like Evan Brown to prepare all week to play center, to start the game at center, boom, there's some injuries. Now you got to move to guard. The backup center's got to come in. You're already playing with, you know, two you know, backup tackles, essentially. Uh, and to still play with the type of chemistry to have the communication to only give up two sacks the whole game? I mean, that, that, that you know, that coaching matters. Right. And that's big ups to the guys out there on the field. But that's big ups to the guy that's helping them get prepared to be on the field for any situation that can transpire throughout a football game. So to be able to make the adjustments that they made mm-hmm. and be able to continue to play like really it's nothing. Uh, uh, big, big credit to, to Coach Andy Dickerson, who's the offensive line coach and the guys out there on the field. Well, my grandma say you stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. Boom, Andy Dickerson yeah. making sure them dudes is on point. Mm. Big ups to Andy that's, Dickerson, man. That's Thanks why for I used you. to iron your clothes the night before. Exactly. First day of school stuff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> when we return, we'll give you our player of the game. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. It was a great game on the East Coast for your Seattle Seahawks. They take care of the New York Giants. 24-3. Lots of players making plays out there, Turbo, Big Ray. So it's time for the player of the game, powered by the Kia Telluride X-Pro Kia, official partner of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, our producer came in here, Nasa Choby, the extraordinary. If you don't know him, get to know him. He <laughs> produces dang near everything for the Seahawks. He is extraordinary. And, uh, you know, he came in and said, look, there's a lot of places you can go. There's probably one clear cut, but there are some guys who deserve some love. I'm not putting any pressure on y'all to go a certain direction. Pressure is only for those who are not prepared. <laughs> oh, look well, at look at look at Turbo. Change his voice and everything. You know, philosophical on us. All right. Yeah. Okay, uh Shakespeare. To change the the philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for us? Play the game. Clearly, without a shadow of a doubt, it's number twenty one, prime time, the second coming. Okay. Ooh, that's pressure. But it the pressure legion is of what? spoon. 
Don't act like you made that up. I didn't make it. <laughs> we saw it on Twitter earlier today. I ain't gonna lie. Nah, Devin Witherspoon, man, uh, MVP of this football game, pick six, came up, uh, made some some big hits. Uh, he was all over the field. Got into the backfield for a couple sacks. Um, yeah, he played with pre- precision, poise, uh, high IQ. I mean, the game is coming natural, really, to this kid, man. And um, he's on his way to having an extraordinary career. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I gotta show Bobby Wagner some love. You know, he had 17 total tackles. I think Bump had like projected maybe 20 tackles. I think it was somebody. Or, nah, I wasn't or involved maybe, in that. It wasn't some, me. Oh, somebody in the, the in the room up there said he was going to get 20 tackles. Might have been NASA Chobe. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was the extraordinary. NASA. Uh, it was the producer extraordinaire. But he finished with 17 tackles and two sacks. I should have so, took that, though. And so that was, yeah, you should have taken that one. <laughs> so, I mean, for a dude that, like, a lot of people want to write off all the time, uh, the dude is still unbelievably productive. And then also Jordan Brooks, you know, coming off the ACL surgery and getting back into the floor of things. Today he had 10 tackles and two sacks as well. So, dudes, there were a lot of guys really balling out. But like you said, the 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 overwhelming uh, ball out came – or balling came from Devin Witherspoon. I mean, just the seven tackles, the, the two sacks, the interception, the 97-yard touchdown, the dance at the end, the the, uh, the big tackles he had, uh, you know, one in the line of scrimmage and one out on the – out on the wing where he just, you know, he, he made some really tough, hard tackles for a guy his size. Uh, you know, I think Turbo said it earlier, he's a tone setter. And uh, both from an attitude perspective and from a guy with his size, his physicality is is uh, is pretty special. So I don't know if you have to break any ties today, big dog, but I'm, I'm going to go with Witherspoon as well. Man, I, I, I feel like I missed the dance. He's, and he said it was from Cali. Yeah, yeah. What, they what, just showed what it on the do? TV. What, you I, missed it. I don't know what it's called, but it I, can't be from the Bay. I seen it before. Everything, Bay, everything don't come from the Bay, dog. That's what I'm saying. It can't be. That might be. It might be a Southern California I thing. Know. I, I been, don't know. But I'm kind of mad game. that I missed it, so I can see. I've been out the game for a while. No, no tiebreakers needed. But big ups, no offense for a big return. Big ups, B Wags, seventeen and two sacks. Big ups, Uchina Nwosu with two sacks. Big ups, that whole defense, man. They had a heck of a game. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's no need for all of that. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. Say 12s, now it's your turn to weigh in. Follow the Seahawks on Twitter and Instagram to vote for Kia's electric player of the game. When we return, we will give you a Bengals preview. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bummers with Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. It's time to look forward to a couple of weeks because the Hawks do have a bye next week, and they will be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. They are 1-3, losses to the Browns, 24-3, familiar score. They lost to the Ravens, 27-24. They beat the Rams, 19-16, and then you lose to the Titans, 27-3. I look at this team... And I look at the record and I go, I'm not going to let that fool me. Joe Burrow's still over there. Jamar Chase is still over there. Joe Mix is still over there. Higgins is still over there. It's clear that when their quarterback is not 100%, they're going to struggle a bit. So I'm going, we're going to see a team that, that's hungry and that's ready to go. So, uh, no, no sleeping on the Bengals over here, Big Ray. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, they have some, uh, they have some people that can really create some problems for the, for the Seahawks. Uh, 
you know, and they're going to have a, a couple of weeks to get a little bit healthier and, and get a little bit more groove too. So it's going to be important for the Seahawks to come out. And you know, tonight's game was a good win. The defense played really well. They did what they were supposed to do against an offense that was struggling and an offensive line that was struggling. But offensively, there's still some things to clean up. And Pete spoke a little bit about it uh, prior to the game this week when, he, when someone asked him about the running game. And he said, well, it's not where we want it yet. And people couldn't understand that. But if you look at the running game, it's not as consistent you know, up front blocking. And some of that is to be called for because of all the, the, the switches in the offensive line. But they need to get some of that stuff fixed up. Uh, you know, in the in the uh, during the bye week, so that when they come into this game, they can sustain drives, they can finish drives, they can score touchdowns and not field goals. Because this offense with Cincinnati can be explosive when it's clicking. Uh, Joe Mixon can run the ball. Joe Burrow is a you know Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow. He's Joe Cool. And then like Jamar Chase said, he's always effing open. So like <laughs> so so he's going to be wanting to get the ball. So it, it's not. I don't think it's going to be as easy as. As it seems, based on their record, and uh, the Seahawks are still going to have to play a good, solid football game. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. The New York Giants are what their record shows. I mean, that's just really – and then Bengals are not. The Bengals are a much more uh, efficient team, a team that has uh, repeatedly been in the AFC Championship team, uh, game, a team that has, you know, been to a Super Bowl. So there's championship DNA that exists – Within that locker room, uh, they've got a good program going on. And so, uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is underestimate a team like this just because of where they're struggling now. They're going to get another game under their belt, obviously, uh, before the Seahawks have an opportunity to play them. Uh, And so we'll see how they respond. This is not their first time uh, starting slow like this. Matter of fact, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they had a real slow start uh, to the season. So this is a team that's very capable and a much better passing team uh, than 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 what we faced tonight. Um, I, I, one of the areas we can continue to prove on improve on bump is third down. I think tonight we're like three for twelve offensively. Yep. So those situational moments is something that is going to be critical, especially against a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, because you want to keep the ball. We can't give them extra opportunities like we did the Giants tonight. Right. Yeah. Uh, and on defense too, they you know they have some some dudes that can get after the quarterback and uh, Sam Hubbard and um, uh, Hendrickson, I think is his name. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those dudes can they can get after they can really get after the yes, quarterback. They so they're going to have to really game plan. You know how they're going to use the running backs, how they're going to use the tight ends to help out uh, with those tackles. Hopefully Charles Cross will be back. Uh, but uh, there's gonna they're going to have to really pay some attention to those dudes uh, on defense. Great point. This ain't high school football, fellas. This is the NFL. <laughs> yeah. They got ballers everywhere, even if they are one and three. Today's final score, Seahawks 24, Giants 3. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders, studio coordinators, Brady Robig and Max Strobel. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is NASA Chubby. The Seahawks will be back in action after a bye week on October 15th as they travel to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, who was here earlier, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Michael Bomba, Seahawks win 24-3 over the Giants. The Seahawks post-game show has been brought to you by Virginia Mason Franciscan Health, the Seahawks' official medical services provider, Beacon Plumbing, Staff Freakin, Call Beacon, and Quantum Fiber, trusted fiber internet partner of the Seattle Seahawks. This is Hawk 
Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino, Top Fitness, and your local carrier heating and air conditioning dealer. You are listening to Hawk Talk. I'm your host, Michael Bumps, with Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. The Seahawks fly to the East Coast, get her done 24-3. They're on the plane right now, headed home. An interesting game for the Seattle Seahawks, especially when it comes to injury. The the uh, anticipated debut of Jamal Adams, man. He comes out, and for nine plays, he looked really good, man. But unfortunately, he got a knee to the helmet. He got a concussion, but Pete Carroll thinks he'll be okay. Thank goodness for that bye. Pete also said that Jaron Reed got kicked in the shin. It swelled up, but he's going to be okay. Geno Smith was tackled. Looked a bit late to me, out of bounds. Twisted his knee a little bit, but he's okay. Phil Haynes re-injured his calf, and then Damian Lewis twisted his ankle. An interesting game, to say the least. You talk about all those injuries, and then you talk about just the the substitution on that offensive line. We shouted out Andy Dickerson in the first hour of the postgame show, and I think he deserves even more love. But the highlight Highlight of the day has to be that defense, specifically number 21, Big Red. Absolutely. Uh, I was just sitting here, and the first thought that came to my mind is, uh, you know, when sharks detect uh, just a little bit of blood in the water, <laughs> like they come from miles around to kind of see what was going on. And that's kind of what happened today, that that defense uh, detected the, 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 the blood in the water, and you got sacks from the secondary, sacks from the – second-level linebacker defenders and sacks from the defensive line. So <clears throat> they were swarming all over the place, man. And then the, you capped that off with the 97-yard uh, interception return for a touchdown. Man, like <clears throat> like I said before, the defense did what they were supposed to do to a, to an offense that was struggling, to an offensive line that, that wasn't playing that well. They did exactly what they're supposed to do. And a lot of people will say, like, oh, well, it's the Giants and they were this, that, and the other thing. Okay, well, cool. That, that's what you're supposed to do to them. Because if the other way would have been if you go, had gone in and given up 30 or 40 points, then what would that say? So I think it was really good for the, for the confidence of the, for the defense, for the players, and for the staff. Uh, it kind of showed them what they can and what they could be and what they were uh, that night. And so something great to build on. And then like you just mentioned earlier, Andy, Andy Dickerson just deserves a lot of credit, man, for how he had to shuffle this offensive line at the beginning of the year uh, when it was, you know, had some pretty, some pretty good studs up in there uh, to start the year out. But now you're, you're, you're playing rookies, uh, you're playing guys in different positions, uh, coming up with game plans to protect the quarterback. So big shout-out to just the coaching staff and then the players for responding. Yeah, this defense, man, it, the chemistry really showed itself today, especially on the defensive side of the football. It was so evident just how guys were setting up each other uh, for success, you know, when it came to just the games and things like that that were going on on the defensive line. You know, one of the things that I really noticed about the defense tonight was like the timing of everything. First of all, you didn't get the the miscommunications mm. a whole lot that we would see in the secondary. That's number one. And then the second thing was it, it, it's almost like we knew the snap count. By the way, the Giants went on four, said Hut one, uh, said Hut two, that. said Hut three, <laughs> and then they snapped the ball, okay? This is NFL. <laughs> But didn't Bump just say we just say high school football when we was going out of the break? Okay. All right. I ain't went on four since Pop Warner. Okay. All right. That, that, that defines the Giants so far this season right there. But back to my point, 
the timing. It's almost like we knew the snap count. Like when guys were coming off nickel blitzes and coming off the edge, like they were kind of shuffle, 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 boom, right off the snap. And it was like there's nothing the offensive lineman could do. They couldn't right. make the adjustment in time. There's nothing the quarterback could do because of the timing we were reading what they were doing offensively like a book that's chemistry and that's understanding yeah and you know i think last week too i spoke um i I think i was doing one of the shows on on uh, seattle sports but um it felt like the defense was having individual performances Mm -hmm. like there was a bunch of pieces that would and and each little person would have in their individual performances that were great but it didn't feel like the, the the defense was performing as a unit uh, this game felt like the defense was performing like a unit. The communication was on point. The fits were on point. The 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 instinct was on point. When we talked earlier about how they're running the stunts in the defensive line, all on point. Like everybody was doing what they're supposed to do to execute what they've been asked to do. And so, man, that can really carry over, you know, because now they know what it looks like. They know what it feels like. They know what it you know what um how good it can be and what they're all mm-hmm. capable of that's why i think pete was saying some of these last couple of games have been good for the young guys right cuz it drives home his message mm-hmm. even more you know compete you know always compete earn, earn everything can't win in the first second third winning in the fourth all that kind of stuff gets solidified when you go through experiences like this and so not only was it just a good win for the defense in general good good win for the young guys to kind of see and understand what it feels like under the big bright lights man making plays is contagious yeah. You see guys making plays. I want to make a play. You in the right spot. I'm going to be in the right spot. You know who started the outbreak? Number 21. Mm-hmm. He came in and set the tone. I've never seen a DB. They say he's six foot, so I'll give him 5'11". <laughs> All right. They say he's 190. I'll give him 185. Yeah. I've never seen a dude, a DB, so saying be that guy. You know how it is on the roster. <laughs> nah, nah, I've been six foot since my <laughs> sophomore year. Only time I'm six foot is when I wear my Air Maxes, dog. That's about it. But it's contagious, man. So it was nice to see the snowball effect, and guys start making plays. Like you say, Ray, guys start to believe in what's going on. And also, man, I want to give a big ups to Drew Locke. Only two for six for 63 yards. But when he was in, it looked like he made the right throws. Yep. He didn't seem nervous. And then he made the biggest pass play of the game. A lot of that is thanks to Noah Fan with that yak. But you still got to get the get the guy the ball and do what you're supposed to do. So, yeah, overall, this was a good performance by the Seahawks. They now won three in a row after that loss to the Rams in week one. And I think we look at this team a bit differently than we did a couple weeks ago. Man, listen, from week one, Bump, or from training camp, you know, I looked at this team. I said, look, there was just a few things – all right, that I felt the team needed to take the next step in and then obviously improve from last year in order to be like a top team in the NFC. We already knew about the defensive line, right, needing to improve, wanting to get pressure on the quarterback and obviously stopping the run. We wanted some consistency on the other side of Tariq Woolen. You know, in comes Devin Witherspoon. But I was focused on that running back room because Kenneth Walker had a really good season last year. He had a really good – he could have been the rookie. He probably should have been the offensive rookie of the year last year. And was he going to be able to take the next step and be even better than he was last year? Because I think this team can go to the NFC Championship game. And I'm going to stand on that, and I've stood on that since the start of the season. And I'm going to – yeah, that's just what I'm going to stand, stand on 10 toes, you know. But a big piece of that was going to be, like, you know, this running attack, right? Being able to take the next step forward with K-9 and now Zach Charbonnet into the fold. We already know what DJ Dallas brings to the table. And so far, from the way I'm seeing that running back room, 
he has improved immensely, and he was already super good. And obviously, Jacques Charbonnet is starting to find his legs as well. And DJ, you know, he's he's been there. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, uh, you know, th- this team to me, I, I, I don't. Week one was a disappointing loss to the Rams, obviously, but I don't see this team any differently, man. This is a team to me that's going to continue to grow. And when it comes to the playoffs, man, and when it comes to winning that NFC West, don't be surprised if Seahawks are number one. And don't be surprised if they're representing the NFC. Or, excuse me, if don't be surprised if they're in that NFC championship game. Yeah, the other thing, too, about the defense and that has kind of been under the radar a little bit the last few games is that I think they're only giving up like 2.9 yards per carry in the run game. And we were really concerned about that coming into the season after last year where they were just getting gashed like crazy. And then also on the defense, you know, Mike Jack had to come in and play today. Mm. Didn't really, you know, if you, you didn't hear his name, so he was doing something right. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He was, didn't give up plays, which had to be hard for him. He was a starter last year, went into camp, competed, had a great camp, and then the preseason games didn't probably do as well as he wanted to do. And then to be able to come in today, again, that's a coaching thing, to be able to come in today and be prepared and ready to play and not be, uh, you know, moping around and being a deficit in the secondary. And then uh, for the young guy with a spoon to go from the outside to the inside. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never played defensive back, but I hear the guys talk about it. And I heard Trufant say it. It's not easy to go from the outside to the inside like that. When he's been playing on the outside, you know, since he's been here. So there was a lot of things that happened that you give a lot of credit to the players because you have to actually go out there and play. But, man, the preparation – like, you know, there once was a guy here that, that, that said the separation is in the preparation. And uh, this was it was really true for this team tonight because <laughs> there was, was a actually, lot of people that had to move around and uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball and, and a little bit on the defense. Who was the turbo? I was going to say, I know our dub gets all the credit for saying that, but it was really Coach Sherman Smith, okay, former running backs coach for the Seattle Seahawks who played for the Seahawks for nine years of his career, okay, he was the one that came up with that first, all right? The separation is in the preparation, and then the QB stolen. I ain't going to lie. Well, I, I didn't give it credit to anybody but a guy who once said it. <laughs> Turbo just had to let him know. I had to let him know. If you're thinking this, yeah. it ain't that. You know what I'm saying? It ain't That's that. All right, man, hey, we're just getting started here on Hawk Talk. When we come back, we're going to hear from Drew Locke and Mario Edwards standing by with Jim Miller. That is next in your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Kyra News Radio 97.3 FM. This, this is Hawk Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. First and they did give it to him, as we said, first and 10 at the 25. Play fake Jones, steps away from a sack. Being chased, gets hit, ball comes out, fumble Seahawks, Seahawks have it, it's Brooks, spins out of a tackle, fights his way down the sideline, knocked out of bounds at the seven-yard line. The Seahawks had two guys that got a shot at the big quarterback of the Giants. The first one he was able to avoid, the second one he could not. He was sacked, forced to fumble, Brooks picks it up and takes it down inside the 10 is where they will spot it. The Seahawks are in business. First and 10 with the football. The forced fumble by Mario Edwards Jr. And Brooks recovers it. Mario Edwards with a big play. I guess it was a homecoming for him. He played for the Giants in 2018. He's standing by with Jim Mueller. Man, that defense. First of all, who told you that you guys tied a franchise record with 11 sacks in this game? We just heard it in the locker room back in, what, 86? I think we tied it against the Raiders. We just heard it in the locker room. 
It took a while to get there. I mean, it was a little bit slow in coming, but when did you know that you had them on their, their heels and, and you guys could just pin your ears back? Uh, when we just started, man, playing together, when we started seeing that uh, we were getting to them and started getting pressure, we just told each other to keep working, keep working, and that they were going to come in bunches. We talked about it this week, how quickly guys were getting to Daniel Jones. What did you notice in that regard with your rush lanes? Um, in the beginning, we had, a, we had to get our rush lanes together. He, he was running and getting out of there. Once we got together, talked about it, we were able to get the middle push and we were able to get him down. Yeah, do you have to change your rushes at all? It, it looked like maybe there was a little loopiness and, and he was evading it. Do you change the way you rush against him? Uh, a lot of it is not changing the way it's rushed, man. It's just communication, just understanding what we got to do and talking. And once we all on the same page, if we're wrong, we're all right. You know what I mean? So as long as we communicate and doing things all together, we're all right. Hey, we saw more of what looked like a 4-3 front today. We saw it last week, too. Why did that work well against this giant scheme? Um, I think we gave them something that we were, that they weren't expecting. And, uh, you know, we did really good with the guys rushing off the edges and pushing them and keeping them in the pocket. And then, shoot, it was it was a fiesta after that, man. It was time to pin the air back and go. Okay, here's this might be a silly question, but you are going into the bye week. Do you kind of wish everybody was going to be around watching film together tomorrow on this one because it's so good? Uh, yeah, of course, we would like to watch it. But, hey, we got that bye week coming, so we would definitely <laughs> see it on Monday. That's right. Go rest up, Bump. We'll get that back to you. Thank you, Jen. That was Mario Edwards had himself a day, a little strip sack right there. Got Jordan Brooks who picks it up and uh, sets up a, an easy, not an easy touchdown, but a few plays later we score there, man. Uh, that D-line was so active today. Uh, everybody played a part. If you, like I said uh, earlier, if you were on that D-line, you at least had your hand on Daniel Jones at one point <laughs> or another. It's nice to see guys like Mario Edwards step up in games like this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like creating turnovers and creating havoc. You know, I have forgot, like, when we were picking our player of the game, you know, Jordan Brooks had the the, the double-digit tackles and the, the two sacks, yeah. and he had the fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. So, forgot about that piece. But uh, when, when you can disrupt an offense's rhythm, when you can disrupt their, um, uh, you know, their – field position by getting sacks and negative plays. To me, a sack is almost like a turnover, especially on third down, you know, because that means you're going to get the ball back and uh, most of the time. So they did a very good job of, like Turbo mentioned earlier, just the games they ran uh, on the defensive line, the precision and, uh, you know, how concise they were with it. And then you heard Mario talking about the communication. Like, even if it's the bad communication, they're all on the same page, and so something's going to work. So the communication seems to be uh, in a good place because we've seen in the last couple of years where well, they've had to have these big meetings about the communication and all that kind of stuff with the defense. So it was really good to see all of that stuff kind of clicking today on every level. There was good pass defenses. There was a couple interceptions. There was you know two sacks from the secondary, two sacks from the linebacker position, or maybe four sacks from the linebacker position. And then the, off- the defensive line got their sacks on too. So really good performance by the defense. They took the run game out, eliminated it. Right, so it allowed the defensive line to just, you know, basically run free after the quarterback. And when you are putting consistent and 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 constant pressure on the quarterback, uh, it just it, you know as a as an offensive player it just makes you think. As a running back, it's like, man, who am I protecting this time? Am I should I help out the guard? Should I help with the tackle? Should I block my guy? You know, like and and it be it makes your responsibilities that much harder as an offensive coordinator. You're thinking to yourself, what do I call? You know, like, I I can't protect my quarterback right now. You know, do, do I bring in an extra tight end? If I do that, that's one less guy in a route. Do I keep my running back in? If I do that, that's one less guy in a route, right? As a quarterback, you're, you're uncomfortable 
You can't even go through what what, what progression? <laughs> right. what a, a, a progression doesn't even exist anymore, man. If I can't hit my first target, I, you know, I feel like it's over. Mm-hmm. And even if you you might have time to clutch and look at another guy, but because of the constant pressure that's been applied on you, you 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 just you second guess it. Yeah. And man, our defense was so disruptive today on the defensive line. Uh, that that that's what they were able to do, uh, you know, with Daniel Jones in this New York Giants offense. All right, let's go back to Jim Miller. She's standing by with Drew Locke. Drew, what's your level of concern when you see just the injuries in general start to pile up during the course of this game? I mean, injuries are always of concern, but I feel like this team is even the guys higher up have done a great job of drafting guys and having guys on this team and that are ready to come in and step up when their number gets called. I mean, AB's had to do it a couple times. Our tackles are doing it. There's numerous amount of guys that are having to come in and do it. And I think it just speaks to the depth we have on this team and no one bats an eye when they go out there. But yes, the injuries are concerning. You don't ever want guys to get hurt, but I think this team is this team is built to withstand those. Have you faced a defense with these principles and in, in this much blitzing before? I, I'd have to go back and look at your game logs, yeah. and I just didn't have a chance to do that. I'm almost 100% sure, don't quote me on this, that uh, the D.C. Wink was actually in Baltimore when I was in Denver, and I actually got thrown into that game as well. Um, so I've we've gone against this scheme a couple times before, and... They definitely make you think about it during the week and, and prep and over prep for it. And I guess that's what their that's what their system is, you know, get us to think about it and talk about it. But then do you feel more pressure when you're thrown in in the middle of the game? Yeah, I know you prepare like you're the starter, but man, it is tough when they're bringing that much pressure. Yeah, and every mindset's going to be, all right, the backup's in there. Now let's just let's throw some fire at this guy. Let's heat him up. Let's put everybody up on the line. Let's give him these crazy looks because... You know, that's that's just what DCs think. You know, they think this guy hasn't had the looks this week, and we don't get them. But if you prep well enough, and you know the coaches are coaching you up during the week, they do a great job, and you, know, you can feel confident going out there. But it is it is interesting. I want to ask you about a couple plays in particular, the draw play. I think where you ran. Yes. I, I I think your teammate said you looked fast on that play. I want to know what you saw to call that play. Oh yeah. Um, well, props to Shane for getting that to me. <laughs> Um, I do think from here on out I might do a couple sprints yes. on the sideline just to be ready to move these legs a little bit. <laughs> First one was the rollout, second one was the run. I'm like, man, I'm a little stiff right now. My legs are not there. Um, but they spread it out, gave us an empty box, and I had an option to take it, and you know I took it. The play to Noah fan. Oh. That was a big one. Yeah. What'd they give you on that one? First off, it was cool to complete a pass to him in a separate uniform. That was, you know, we always played together in Denver and then come here and hopefully one day we got to be back out there on the field and that was really cool to have the big one to him. But we wanted to take a shot. Everyone was backing up. They weren't going to let us take that shot. And when they back up, there's going to be someone, someone open in the flats, someone open low. And sure enough, he was there and he does what Noah does when he gets the ball in his hand. He just makes plays. Lastly, I saw you savoring those moments coming off the field. You let a touchdown drive. It, it, it had been a long time. It had. It had been a whole season and a couple games. There's uh, there's definitely the, the human element of getting thrown back out there. It's Monday Night Football. You're in New York. You know, the, uh, blah, blah, blah. But heart was pounding. The adrenaline was coming back. It's just a feeling that it's why we play football. It's the feeling when you walk out there 
heart's racing. Like I said, the adrenaline's going. And uh, man, it was good to just have that back. Couldn't have said it any better, Bump, as we get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, it's good for, uh, for Drew to feel that. You know, last year he didn't get any snaps with this offense because Geno played every snap. And you didn't really have games like this where you can sit your guys and, and evaluate other dudes. So it, it's important for Drew to get in situations like this, just to remind himself that he's good and he can play in his league. Yeah, and he had a good preseason. I thought he was a – if you had to have a, a player of the preseason, to me, he was a guy. Like, he he came out, he showed improvement from last year. He wasn't you know, reckless with the ball in the games that he played, and he looked really confident and sure of himself when he came in the game tonight. Even there was a couple times where it looked like he had a little smile on his face during maybe one of the timeouts and stuff. So, like I said, the stats weren't ridiculous, but he led you on a, on a, a scoring drive that was pivotal – uh, in the game, even you know, people will say, "Well, the pass to Noah, Noah did most of the work." But Noah was saying that the play wasn't even designed for him. He was supposed to just chip the defensive end and get out of the way, and then uh, the the deep passes weren't there, like you just heard Drew talk about. So he checked it down to Noah, and Noah did what he did. So to me, that still shows uh, continued progress and growth for uh, for Drew to be able to do that. So it was pretty cool for him to get in there and kind of be the stopgap, but come out with some points. He's a key piece to this football team, a key piece to this uh, this chemistry, this culture, right? Just uh, being a part of this locker room on a day-in and day-out basis, uh, him and Gino helping each other out and helping each other grow and get better. And when he's in the game, he's no stranger. He's no stranger to nobody. Uh, so that, that, that chemistry already exists. So, uh, you know, it was good to see him get some action today and he played well. Yep, big ups Drew Locke led a uh... – touchdown drive man for the first time he said in over a year those reps are very crucial okay when we return it's time to go through some of these highlights we'll break it down for you that's next in your home of the seahawks seattle sports 710 and kyron radio 97.3 fm when the hawks play on prime time that means we're here late fellas 10:53 on them and we still here giving you what you need when it comes to the recap of the Seahawks beating the New York Giants 24-3. to It's time now for our unsung hero. There's a lot of heroes in this game that ain't unsung. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Guys with stats, you're looking at the box score. You're thinking, man, he got a sack. He got a sack. He got a sack. He got a pick. He got a pick. But I'm going to leave it up to you guys, man. I'm going to still throw my little two cents in because that's what I like to do. Unsung hero, Big Ray, who you working with? You know what? It's uh... – I want to give it to Bobby Wagner, you know, but you come to kind of expect things like that from Bobby. You know what I'm saying? Even, you know, like I said, some, some some people try to write him off, and, yeah, he's not the fast dude that he once was, but he still makes a lot of plays and makes a lot of tackles. But uh, I have forgotten that uh, along with his two sacks and ten tackles that Jordan Brooks also had a fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's really cool. The dude coming back from injury – you know, towards ACL, those things aren't easy to come back from. And then to be to play with the violence and explosion that he plays with uh, and then go out there with no fear, it was good to see him back on the field, good to see him beside Bobby, learning from Bobby, like leadership, the way to make plays and all those kinds of things. So he was Johnny on the spot today with uh, with two sacks and, and a fumble recover. So I'm going to go with Jordan Brooks. That's a good point, man, because that mental game is tough. Yes. I had an injury that – was nothing like his, and it took me a while to believe in the mm-hmm. body again. So I like that. Turbo, who you got? You know what, fellas? I think I'm going to go with Olu Oluwatimi. All right. I like Stepping it. in there amongst the injuries on the offensive line, playing center. Keep in mind, defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence for the New York Giants, Leonard Williams, number 99, 
You're right. No slouches in the middle of the defense. Yes, no sir. slouches. Those are Pro Bowl caliber players mm-hmm. now. And so for the young rook to come in amongst the adversity that the team was facing on the offensive line and step in and play the way that he did, like Ray said, was it perfect? Nah. But was it formidable? Absolutely. Only two sacks on the day. Um, he's my unsung hero. I like it. Two I good like picks. That. I two like good picks. that. Olu got some. I'm going with QB2. All right, he came in, led a drive, was two for six, had the longest play of the game. Yes, Noah Fan did his thing there. But, um, again, I've said it before, it just didn't feel like we weren't going to be able to move the ball. Right. Like his incompletions, I'm thinking, he was open. That was the right move. There was one incompletion that Jackson Smith and Jigba should have sat down in the zone, and Drew was expecting him to sit down in the mm-hmm. zone. But because you're dealing with a rookie, he passes the zone up. It's an incompletion. There's another incompletion where Tyler Locke is on the sideline. Tyler could have caught that football. So – it's it's comforting to know that if Gino needs to take a little break, there's a guy who can at least fill in for a little bit and get this offense rolling. So. You know what I thought was cool about that, Bump, is that when he came in the game, I kind of got excited. Yeah. I, I wasn't like, oh, my God, like, I hope he doesn't do something reckless with the ball uh-huh. and all this stuff. Like, because of how he had played in the preseason, I was like, okay, he, he's going to come in. He's going to have an opportunity. He's going to move the ball. He's going to be smart with the ball. And he was. Like, he could have forced it. Like he said, they were trying to go deep on the ball to, to fan. And so right. it would be easy for him to go like, man, this is my moment. I'm, th- I'm forcing this thing whether it's open or not. But he took the check down, and when it became a, a, a basically a deep pass anyway. So. There we go. Those are our unsung heroes. When we return, we'll give you a preview of the Bengals and the bye week. Talk about what the bye is because some people might not know, especially if you're up late, man. You just want to keep hearing us talking. We're going to give you a little bit more before you go to sleep, right? That's next in your home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and Kyrie News Radio 97.3 FM. Last segment of the day. Your boy has been in this building for 14 hours today. 14 hours I've been here, but it's all worth it when the Seahawks get her done. 24 to 3 against the New York Giants. We can enjoy that for a little bit, but it's already time to move on. Because we got the Cincinnati Bengals in a couple weeks. But here's the thing they got a bye week coming up. Turbo, when you had your bye week, was there something specific that you did? Did you go home? You hang around? What did you do? Um, I hung around. I I uh there 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 are some guys who like really take vacations like they go to Mexico or something you know and during the season I just couldn't (laughs) I don't know I couldn't wrap my head around Uh that but you know uh, to each his own right for some guys that that's really what worked for them as far as uh, their recovery and that's what they needed they get out of here for three or four days and then they'd be back and they'd be ready to go but I stuck around you know I stuck around and um, that was that was more so my routine yeah I I would say uh, before I had kids like me and the wifey, we dipped out. <laughs> we went somewhere. But then once we had, like, little kids, it was a little bit just too much to try to get away and, and relax and come back. So we just kind of, you know, hung around. We have a staycation, if you want to call it that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was still hard for me to, like, I couldn't just turn it off. Like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd still be trying yeah. to figure out, like, you know, how I could play better or thinking about the plays or this, that, and the other thing. So, Maybe there's guys that can completely turn it off. I just wasn't one of those dudes. I, I even even if me and my wife dipped out, I was still you know she'd be like, hey, let's go to the beach. I'm like, yeah, well, let me just like uh, go ice my knee and let me think about this thing. And like, man, mm-hmm. I didn't do that thing right. You know, like I might be on the beach taking passes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but uh, but no, it, it's good to be able to get a break and get away. And it seems like it seemed a little bit early for the Seahawks this year, but it seems like it's right on time. Right. 
I will say this. Some of it, Ray, is and bump is, is predicated upon like who your head coach is, mm-hmm. right? Because like the Seahawks, okay, they just played on a Monday night. They don't have a game Sunday. They're going to a bye week. But some coaches make you come in tomorrow, Tuesday, come get a workout in mm-hmm. Wednesday. Let's get a walkthrough in Thursday. Then you can go and have your bye week Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Monday. And and that's really no like that's really no time right. you know, to, to, to get out of town. So sometimes it's predicated upon who your head coach is and how much time they actually give you during the bye week. Not everybody gets the whole week. What I love about Pete. He's always giving his players the entire week, every single time. Me and wifey went to Magic Mountain. <laughs> Flew down to Cali, went to Magic Mountain on the bye weeks. All right, let's pause 10 seconds to give our Seattle stations a chance to identify themselves here on Hawk Talk. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. All right, so we're turning the page. We're looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that has been struggling this year, but a team that still has weapons on offense. Joe Burrow's coming off a calf injury. He's not the same. You still got Joe Mixon over there. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Irv Smith offensively. Uh, defensively, Big Ray, you mentioned Trey Hendrickson, who was a Pro Bowl type of player. Um, this isn't a team that you sleep on. Don't let the record fool you. They will get after you. Yeah, and, you know, if there is one, you know, weakness that maybe they can exploit, the, the Seahawks can, is that, you know, the last couple of years, that their offensive line hasn't been that great either. Joe Burrow's been sacked a lot, hit a lot. Uh, you know, they gave up the, the, the sack uh, uh, in the Super Bowl, like all that kind of stuff. So um, I think that if they can, if the Seahawks can carry over their execution and their communication, uh, on the defensive line and, and the production they're getting out of, especially, you know, Jay Reed. And, you know, Jay Reed may not have had a lot of stats today, but, man, he was getting off the ball, like, really fast and creating some havoc in the in the backfield. Uh, if he and Draymond Jones can keep that going, uh, man, they really have something up front and they can create some problems for Cincinnati's offense. Yeah, and I think similarly, fellas, uh, the way that uh, we were a- able to eliminate Matt Breida in this run game, uh, for the New York Giants, really put them behind the eight ball as far as points is concerned and forced them to throw the football down the field. I think that's advantage Seahawks as well if they're able to do the same thing with the Bengals as far as eliminating Joe Mixon out of the game plan. You have a hobbled quarterback in Joe Burrow. Let's force him uh, to have to be mobile in the pocket and throw the football down the field. I think our corners are good enough to guard their receivers, and it'll be a nice test for them because it, we know what kind of receiving core the Bengals have, uh, but certainly from a matchup standpoint, eliminating that run game I think gives us an advantage. Keep Joe Burrow under pressure. Yes. If you can create anything like you did tonight, granted Joe's a bit more better than Danny Dimes, and that offensive line, uh, they've, they've, they've had better days. They've been yeah. struggling as of late, but I think the uh, the uh, the mobility of Joe Burrow is kind of hurting them as well. But, yeah, man, get healthy. You either uh, – Go on vacation like Big Ray used to do. You stay in town like Turbo used to do. Or you go to Magic Mountain like I used to do. <laughs> Either way, just get right and get ready to go. Today's final score is Seahawks 24, Giants 3. You've been listening to Hot Talk on Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 93 FM. 97.3 FM, excuse me. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studio coordinator is Brady Robick and Max Strobel. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nasa Choby. The Seahawks will be back in action after a bye on October 15th. They travel to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Pre-game coverage begins at 7 a.m. on our Seattle stations. For Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bump. The Seahawks win 24-3.